Bring them out, bring them out, bring them out, bring them out. It's hard to yell when the bat rails in your mouth. Woo! Bring them out, bring them out. 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 Bring them The championship run deep in our vein. The entertainment rolling real cause it's all in the game. To us, you know, around the city doing it better than this. Just say look at this. You can look around who better than this. Nobody. Who your team, the Blazers, the Knicks, the Wizards, the Clippers, the Patriots, the Cowboys, Clippers, Tigers, the Chickens. USC, Gamecock, Shamrock, know what it is, man. Triple left a new podcast. Just join the game plan. Come on, come on. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast with your hosts, Zay, Young Vander, and Bro Joe. Yo, 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 welcome back to the best fantasy football podcast on the air, the Fantasy Football Fiend Podcast presented to you by Manscaped. I'm your Jose, the Fantasy Football Fiend himself. I got my guys with me, the guru, Young Vander. Holla at the people, Young Vander. Fantasy Fiends, what's going on out there? We got the rookie extraordinaire, bro, Joe. Holla at him, bro. What's going on, Fantasy Fiend family? Yo, we're going to get you all caught up with the happenings of the NFL as of late. Give you a few tidbits of what's going on in fantasy. It's that kind of that, you know, how would I say, the dog days of fantasy, if you will, before a lot of movement happens with vets or before a lot of the June 1st cuts happen and things of that nature. But there is still a conversation to be had. Make sure that you follow us on Facebook at the Fantasy Football Fiend Family Facebook group. We'll make sure we get you all the info that you need. Uh, we've had a whole bunch of stuff going on. Shout out to wifey. Birthday was yesterday. Uh, Junior's graduating from eighth grade tomorrow. So shout out to him. Anything uh, interesting going on in you guys' worlds at this moment? Uh, my son graduated yesterday from 4K. So that was okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. He'd be going to 5K. So Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> the youngest Vander going to 5K. That's right. Year. The youngest. <laughs> <laughs> that's a fact. What you got going on in your world, Joe? The baby about to go to, to school come uh, August. So I'm kind of happy oh, about that. Oh, growing up quick. Yeah, and then the youngest going to be in the 10th grade. So, you know, other than that, we ain't got much going on over here. Get ready for 4th of July, man. That's when we really have fun. Oh, man. Fourth of July, Memorial Day, Juneteenth. There's a whole bunch of stuff coming up. Barbecue, fun in the sun, all that kind of good stuff. But we'll definitely make sure that we keep you abreast as to what's going on with fantasy, just in case all that other stuff kind of gets in the way, just a tad bit during this time of year. But let's go right ahead and hop into your news. And now your fantasy news. All right. So not a whole lot of news going on, but we do have OTA starting up. So we'll start to get a lot of the rumors. Um, We'll start to also get several injuries and things of that nature. It's always a downer when someone goes down and someone always goes down for the year, unfortunately, during this time frame. So we try to make sure that everyone is aware of exactly what's going on with whom. We'll start out with our quarterbacks. Uh, Patrick Mahomes has healed nicely from his ankle injury, so he's going to be good to go as far as OTAs is concerned. Brock Purdy will start throwing next week. Now, it's been said around the league that Sam Darnold might be the one taking over. As of right now, Trey Lance has been the one taking all the first-team reps, and uh, Darnold's been taking all the second-team reps, and Trey has been doing just as much with his opportunity with the first team as Darnold has been doing with the second team, so not exactly sure how that may work out or if either one of them will get the opportunity if Brock will be upright and standing, but we do have that going on out in 49er land. Aaron Rodgers was diagnosed with a calf strain. He ended up suffering a minor injury in Tuesday's practice, but his teammate, Alan Lazard, ended up getting nicked up as well. Not exactly sure what's going on with that. We'll dig a little bit deeper into that, but Aaron Rodgers' injury seems to be pretty minimal. Uh, We have a little bit of dust up about Davis Mills not wanting to be the veteran that will tutor or kind of mentor, if you will, one young C.J. Stroud. I don't fault him. I mean, I'm not mad at him for that. He's only one year removed from being, you know, the person that needed to be mentored. And now you want me to literally mentor the guy that's going to take over my job versus doing my best to show you that I'm better than him. Like, I, I don't know if you're a little bit further along in your career, maybe so. I mean, how y'all feel about that situation? I mean, Davis Mills, I mean, 
What you upset about? You had your opportunity. You didn't grab it by the horns. It's a new guy in town. I mean, that's all I can say about it. I mean, I think he should go out there and compete for sure. You know, at least try to play for the job. But at the same time, like the job was yours and you didn't do what you had to do. So now they bring in somebody to push you. So it's not really one of those things where, you know, now you, all of a sudden you got some fire under you. I think we all know who the, who's the winner of this thing going to be. The better talent, of course. They got Correct. Plan, so. <laughs> Which is why time, I would not help him at all. Right. I mean, but at the same time, like, this is a business. This is a job. And David Zemmills is a guy that can be replaced. So if you don't want to help, we'll find somebody that will. Yeah, I just I got to agree with that. I think also, too, you're still auditioning for 31 other teams. You still got to compete at the end of the day. Like, I get, like, his take, Tannehill been saying the same thing, too. Like, but at the end of the day, like, you had the opportunities to kind of win the organization over. And Davis Mills, until the end of the season, it took him that long to get kind of hot. You know what I mean? So it's like saying you want to be competitive, but you're really not helping yourself as far as what you're putting out there to other teams. Because honestly, being a backup got a lot of, you know, longevity. Look at Chase Daniels. Look at um my guy who uh, was with Kansas City that just retired. Chad, uh, I forgot that guy's name. He just retired. Uh, uh, yeah, Henny. There we go. These dudes made a ton of money being a backup. Andy Tyrod's still around. <laughs> get your money, man. You know what I mean? Just put on for 31 other teams and, and try to get your money elsewhere. Do something else. Brian Robinson looks like he's going to be healthy for OTA, so his knee injury is no more. Not exactly sure how the running back role is going to end up working out with the commanders, but it's looking like all of them are at least going to start the year healthy. Do you guys have any summertime opinions as far as Brian Robertson versus Gibson versus Rodriguez, or is it kind of going to be one of those whoever makes the biggest play in the preseason and that'll kind of end up rolling into the regular season? Or do we think that the depth chart will kind of stay status quo? I think Gibson's skill set kind of fits the enemy scheme a lot better being that him being a former wide receiver, come out of the backfield, you know, the Chiefs known for running that wheel route, different things like that. So I, I really think Gibson probably would be the guy to own fantasy-wise. I mean, Robinson Convery would be the starter coming out. But I think with the, the skills that out of both running backs that each one possesses, I think Gibson kind of fits this scheme a lot better. But we, you just never know at this point. I mean, especially with injuries and things like that. Then I think a guy like Rodriguez can maybe get involved, but for my money, I think I'd rather have Gibson if uh, B and is going to be the one calling the shots. It's so hard to tell, man. It, it, I, you know, especially with the last reports where they say they want to get Antonio Gibson a ball a lot. But that's a grain of salt. This was somebody who was, you know, left to be a punt returner, kick returner. But I do think, honestly, he's going to get a, a fair share in this new offense for all the reasons that Vander just alluded to. I think, honestly, it's just, I feel like it's going to be a hot hand throughout the summer. And I do think Gibson is going to obviously have a fair share in this offense because of his versatility. But I, I just think between Brian Robinson, Chris Rodriguez, you're looking at the same guy. But if I'm looking at the skill set, I like a little bit more. I like Brian Robinson as far as his hands. I think he's, like I said, underrated as far as being a pass catcher. And I think, you know, if they can just showcase that in this offense, he could have return some value, man. He is somebody who can catch and did it pretty well in Bama. Damian Pierce is looking healthy at OTAs. It's up in the air as to is this going to be like a 1A, 1B thing going on between him and Devin Singletary? Or is there going to be an opportunity where Pierce is going to be able to carve out a clear 1A type of a role and Singletary is just kind of spelling him? But as far as fantasy is concerned, where do you think the best value is going to be? between the two guys and do you think it's a possibility that based on where you can draft them singletary may be the best bet or best buy if you will uh, you just mentioned hot hand i think this is really a hot hand situation here i don't think any of these guys are ahead of the other even a guy we haven't you didn't even speak of the the guy that they signed a uh, validate by the arizona state he's a solid running back himself you just never know i think this is one of the situations i don't want to be an owner of any of these guys you know what I'm saying? Unless an injury happened, then that will kind of make the other guy stand out more. But going into it, I think this is going to really be one of those hot hand situations because none of these guys are known for being a bell cow. It's going to be a, a really good split here. It's Damian Pierce's job to lose. What they really did this offseason I mean, is that they really went and was really aggressive in building around the offensive line, trying to improve that for the offense. And then you, you kind of pair that with Devin Singletary. Like, 
I think Singletary to me, he he played his best. He played his better ball last year. He got better every single year. I would if I get Pierce, I'm getting Singletary. Like I think it's a, I think it's going to be a, a close split. But I just think Damian Pierce can really put it together this year. I think what happened during the season was everybody knew he was the guy, and everybody just schemed to take him out of the equation. The boxes became more. Everybody was getting to the ball because they knew all they had to do was stop him, essentially. Now with, you know, a change of regime, I think it might be better for him. I think it's a good time to buy low on him because of circumstance. But I I would have to get Singletary. I got to emphasize that. Brees Hall isn't practicing yet. Although he, you know, was running just a few weeks after the injury itself, he's not quite up to snuff yet. I'm not sure if it's too early to say, hey, maybe there's something to look at here for this year, Um, especially if you're talking to redraft. Dynasty, I would say if you can get them now, maybe the last available time um, without the price skyrocketing. But are we a little leery as far as Hall is concerned? Just for the year or the beginning of the year, I, I know, well, at least I think I know how we feel about them collectively in the long run as far as Dynasty is concerned. But how do you feel about them to start out the season? I think they're going to ease him, man. I think he'll be ready week one, but I don't think he's going to just jump out and just, you know, like like nothing never happened coming off this injury. So I think he'll, he'll be the guy, uh, but I think he'll be, you know, moved in slowly and then get him up the pace. Uh, so early on, you probably will see a little Michael Carter in there uh, getting some touches as well. I'm not sure about the rookie that's coming up. On a long haul, you know, as far as course, Dynasty, he's one of the better, the better running backs to own. Um, I like him as far as that. But I think, especially in the redraft league, kind of temper your expectations on the, the maybe the first quarter of the season. And then maybe by week, you know, five or six, he'll probably be training wheels off and be ready to go. Yeah, and I got to agree with that point, uh, Vander. And redraft, I would be mindful of where I take him in redraft only because we, you know, we playing for that season, right? But as far as dynasty, like you said, I, I think he's well ahead of schedule as to what he needs to be doing. I love that, you know, most of the videos I saw a few days ago was him running on the, around the field before practices and stuff like that. So even though he's not able to participate, he's running almost half speed already around the field. So I, I, it's really encouraging. He's really one of those those workout warriors, man. Like, like he reminds me a lot of Jonathan Taylor in that sense. So I think he's going to be good to go week one. But I wouldn't, as far as redraft, I, I agree. I think you got to kind of let that play in the redraft. But as far as dynasty, get him, like Vander said, why he's cheap. Because by the time preseason, not preseason, by the time uh, training camp come, I would be surprised that after a few weeks, he's already um, taking first team reps. This next item up is twofold. Austin Eckler both was given a bit of a reprieve as far as money was concerned because that was one of his chief's concern and wanting to be traded. But he also didn't show up to day one of OTAs. I don't know if the additional incentives was enough to kind of butter his biscuit, if you will, or if he's still upset about his contract situation and he's still trying to figure out whether or not there's another destination for him to go. But the fact that no team kind of jumped out there and said, hey, you know, we'll take on this guy that's been a stud the last few years for whatever ticket he's looking for kind of tells you the current state of the running back in general. What are we thinking about Austin Eckler? He's going to play one more year and then we'll take go from there. I guess these little incentives made him a little more, you know, happier. So, I mean, Austin Eckler, like any other season, He'd be he'd be one of the top guys at home. I mean, that's pretty much it. I don't really have much to say about that. I think I, I, I seen him playing the whole year anyway. I didn't think he was gonna trade him or move him. But I definitely think he'd maybe be in another uniform next year. But he has at least one more year as a charger. Well, first of all, with OTAs, you really see it for like first year rookies, second year players, and then people who wanna you know, acclimate to offenses, right? So it's more voluntary with OTAs. You don't have to necessarily be there. But I love to see that we have, you know, Aaron Rodgers, for example. We got Lamar Jackson, not to skip ahead. We've seen a lot of Geno's already out there in the Seattle. It's one of the things that's voluntary, but you don't have to go. But people that want to kind of learn the new offense, you know, second-year players, injured players coming back from injury, we typically see those players at OTAs. But we already know Eckler's, that's another gym rat. Like, you know, he does his own, you know, repertoire during the offseason, and he comes to camp well-conditioned. I'm not surprised, and honestly, I'll be careful what I do in that organization leading into 2024. You know, seeing the little nicks and stuff that happened with the Jets a couple days ago, I'll be mindful of that too. I'm going to show up for what counts. 
moving on over to wide receivers, Cooper Cup wasn't present for the start of OTAs. He's still repairing the ankle there, and um, he's expecting a child any day now. So thinking it's kind of more of a, hey, you ain't got to be there. You're going to be with me more so than a, you know, my ankle still hurt type of a situation there as far as being with his family is concerned. Um, Amari Cooper was off to the side in OTAs. He's still recovering from the abdomen core surgery that he had back in February. Devin Duvernay uh, is building strength after his injury. Um, you know, he dealt with a foot injury a good bit of last year. He's one of those guys that can completely turn the fill around as far as special teams is concerned. So hopefully he'll be there for Baltimore. Rashad Bateman is on schedule for Baltimore, says Coach John Harbaugh on this Wednesday. He had a foot injury as well, but it looks like he's going to be good to go. So they're going to have their full complement of wide receivers, or so it looks as of today. What's our overall feeling on this wide receiving core and their injuries? Everyone will be ready to go. That's, I mean, pretty much in a nutshell. I don't think there's anything to be concerned about. Everyone will be ready week one, 100% ready to go. I'm not going to go too deep into it. That's all I got to do. So. Yeah, I, I kind of can agree with that, too. I really am going to keep a closer eye on Amari Cooper. And maybe this might lead to a discussion, but I really don't know after 2023, depending on how well his season goes, he's still a Cleveland Brown. And that's just to me looking at just the numbers game of it, looking at what they did in the draft and everything else. I think he's going to return to form. I think he's going to do pretty well. But the outlier is the the injuries, right? This is somebody who's becoming in that Julio phase, right, where they was super good, doing well, pro bowler, and then they've been stifled a little bit by injuries. I think we might see something like that, and it might lead to a quick exit. But like like everybody said, I think everybody's going to be good to go, but I'm keeping an eye this season on Amari Cooper. Don't look now, but Mr. Calvin Ridley is turning heads at Jaguars practice. I don't know if this is just an OTAs thing or whatever the case may be, but they're basically saying that he's kind of at a different speed than the other wide receivers. How would I say? he he's He's had the talent, and if his – mind is right again maybe he may end up being one of the best values that you can get whether it be redraft or dynasty he's only 28 years old and over the last couple of years he really didn't do all that much on the field one due to injury and then the second due to suspension so he doesn't quite have the mileage on him that some other 28 year old wide receivers would have is this a guy that is kind of undervalued at the moment and we we might want to do our due diligence on or is it a hey you know you're gonna have to prove it to me when it counts before i'm willing to put any capital into this oh that's kind of tricky um is he undervalued Mm, maybe definitely maybe where he's being drafted at i think he's i think he's right where he need to be you know what i'm saying this guy hasn't really played in about closer to two years you know what i'm saying because you remember he missed last year but the year before that he was going through the whole mental breakdown half of that season i think or more than half of that season you remember he he left the team and didn't play the rest of the season so as far as the news that's coming out of camp i'm not surprised i mean calvin really was going as one of the better route runners in his league beforehand so he should be refreshed he's probably been working out the last year i mean his otas i'm not i'm not surprised that he's let's think about it he is the best talent on the team well, I mean, we all agree to that. I mean, as far as wide receivers go, I think he's a better talent than, oh, Christian, than Christian Kirk. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not surprised by him standing he's, out. He's because, definitely, I would say, the only blue chip. Yeah. So I'm not surprised by him standing out because that's what he was. You know what I'm saying? But, uh, yeah, I think this is a guy you just keep on your radar. If I was, you know, listeners, it's tricky, right? Because now the news is getting out. So the the, the really owner is going to want to hold him. But I'm the kind of guy I do like to get in early before, you know, it comes downhill. But now that things are getting out, the really guy's probably going to ask a little bit more for him. So you, it was best to try to get on him early, you know, months ago. But uh, I'm looking for him to have a bounce back year in his offense. Yeah, I think it's a ton of value where really it all depends on what somebody think he's going to do. I think he's going to go right back to doing what he was doing. Coming to the end of his time with the Falcons, a lot of people misconstrued the middle health thing and everything else. But he also was playing, I think, what is it, a broken foot that entire time? And they were pushing him to play through an injury that he even 
properly heal, or I think he had to re rego surgery on that same injury. And you know, obviously he was dealing with things at home at the time as well too, in regards to you know getting you know that situation, some type of robbery. It's a long story, but I like that he had an interview that brought context and brought everything full circle. Right, going back to what we said, right, OTAs. Obviously, Kirk wasn't there for OTAs, but I wouldn't be surprised. Like, I even put more value into it because people going like to most people going to think, oh, it's been two years. Okay, no big deal. But this guy was not only looking real fluid and looking like his oh, his perennial Pro Bowl self. This dude is is shape, and obviously during training camp you lose a lot of that. You know what you kind of put on as far as muscle mass and stuff like that because you know how strenuous it is. But this guy looked the part, man. He if if somebody had to tell me I'm coming back on a revenge tour this season, he looks the part. He looked real. He looks he looked so smooth, man. It was it was really impressive to see. And I just his talent is for itself. Unfortunately, like I said, I just don't think nobody going like it's no way to get it easy on somebody. But if you can get off as light as possible, if that makes sense, then it's the best time to do it because I think he's going to become quickly. Uh, the best receiver because it was already obvious and, and obvious downs and distance. Oh, we're going to hit up Kirk. Oh, we're going to try Zay Jones. Those weren't two people that could manage to get separation and get open in those pivotal moments, right? But that's what Calvin really does. That's the kind of specialist he is. He's going to be wide open and he's going to find a way to to beat whatever scenario. So I think he's going to get like 100 catches, man. I can already, we can just say it now, man. He's going to get 100 of those things. So a quick question. People are going to want to have an idea on what they should offer and things of that nature. Uh, would you offer a Chris Godwin for a Ridley? Uh, Amari oh, Cooper yeah. for a Ridley? Um, yeah, brother. Okay, so you have Ridley above these guys. Yeah, but, but it's all like, because we're, we're, again, I think we're, we're really, like I said, like, we look at, you know, some of the things that he stood out was he's already beating man coverage. He's already beating zone coverage. You know, he, he was already doing those things at a high level. I think this uh, offense with Peterson, he's going to become the focal point of the offense. And they can play through him, in my opinion. And we've seen it. Like 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 I said, we'll discount what happened on the field. Mentally, this dude was playing on a broken foot. And he was still giving people the business at less than 30%. Now this guy is happy, you know, is motivated. I think he got a fifth-year option right now. He playing for a bag, like, you know what I mean, on top of that. I think we're going to see, you know, a good player. But with Chris Godwin, to your point, for example, Chris Godwin got Baker Mayfield. Amari Cooper, I think he's really going to – he's going to do well, but it's still – David Njoku going to be cutting into something. You still got a plethora of receivers that they just brought in from Elijah Moore, obviously DPJ, and then Bell – and then the other gentleman they got uh, in the draft. So I think what, what really is like you don't invest this much money knowing that you got to turn around and get this man, you know, 20-some-odd million a year if you wasn't ready to commit to getting him the ball. There are a couple wide receivers that aren't quite ready to show what they have just yet in OTAs. Darnell Mooney is still recovering from an ankle injury. DJ Chark has been held out of team drills currently with his ankle being an issue. John Michi of Houston is sidelined by hamstring strain. Those are just a few of the guys that are currently not going as far as wide receiver are concerned. Um, in Tennessee, a little bit of news is indicating that Cal Phillips is currently the favorite to be the slot receiver, you know, there, there may be a little bit of value there if he's free, just depending on how they're going to use that role this year. But he does look to be the slot receiver. Not really a whole lot going on as far as tight end is concerned. Right now, Indy is indicating that Grantson may not be a lot for the roster, which if they have uh, Jay, um, Jelani Woods and having – who else do they have at tight end? Moali Cox, and I think they had a, a third guy as well. But Grantson isn't a lot for that particular spot. Not a whole lot going on with tight end. Anything that you guys could think of as far as news is concerned that I'm missing? Congratulations to Tom Brady for being a minority uh, share. Oh, yeah, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, he's he's now an owner of uh, the Raiders. So we know he's not coming back to play football. Uh, You can't be an owner and a player, so. You can't? I don't don't think so. Yeah, why not? Why not? I don't don't think you can. 
Hey, Antonio Brown is about to be the owner and a player. <laughs> That's a little bit different. I'm, I'm just saying. He's, he's about to suit up for his uh, his team, the Albany uh, team up there. And um, I'm curious to see what that looks like. Because yeah, one thing I can say about AB, you can call him whatever. You can call him a jerk. You can say how he acts. But when he's between those lines, you, you're going to get you're going to get it. You know what I'm saying? Like he's a, one of the best that ever did it. He don't take plays off. He He's that guy. You know what I'm saying? He, he takes the craft serious as a wide receiver. So that's one thing I can't say about him. So I'm curious to see on how that looks uh, in this arena league that he's uh, playing in. And that pretty much wraps it up for your news. We're going to talk to you a little bit about some undervalued players that you may just want to keep an eye on. Let's go ahead and hop into that. All right, good people. So this is the time of year where you can kind of start to prognosticate and navigate what you think could, should, or would happen, right? So there are a few guys that we kind of know seasonally are undervalued, but there are also some guys that depending on how their situation flushes out over the next couple of weeks, you may be able to get them a whole lot cheaper today than you can get them tomorrow. So we're going to give you a few guys that are kind of on our list as far as currently being undervalued guys. My first guy up is seasonally <laughs> or yearly, annually, if you will, uh, undervalued. And that's uh, Nick Chubb. He put together a very quiet 1,500-yard uh, rushing season last year. And that was with all the turmoil and the differences that were going on with the offense. He also posted a career-high 13 touchdowns. Uh, he finished the year as the RB6 overall. And that was with uh, 64% of the backfield. And Hunt is no longer back there. Whether or not he will re-sign with Cleveland or go elsewhere, we'll see within the coming weeks. But um, he got about 64% of the load in the backfield. Uh, most of his fantasy production did, however, come prior to Deshaun Watson joining the lineup. However, I think a lot of what went awry with the Cleveland offense, they'll kind of get back in tow this offseason with being able to spend quite a bit more time together and kind of learning the nuances of playing with each other. And if anything, normally a quarterback that is capable of running makes life easier for a running back of Chubb's caliber. I kind of feel like he's been treated as if he wasn't RB6 last year. And he'll also be drafted further back than his placement of last year in all likelihood. And he also is one of the only guys that I could say has an opportunity to be RB1, like the RB1 that you can get for relative pennies. I don't know if you're getting for pennies. Not pennies, <laughs> but I mean, pennies on the dollar. Let me say yeah, it that way. I mean, being that this whole Kareem Hunt news is a lot of these uh, Nick Chubb owners are like, no, Hunt's not there anymore. So I know he's going to be the man. So you get those like, a lot of those conversations. He's been the man. He was 64% last year. Yeah, I mean, no well, that. Nick Chubb always <laughs> does his thing. But the thing is, it looks the, the roads look a lot more clearer now with no fear of uh, Jerome Ford, if that makes sense. But uh, the guy for me, man, people need to pay attention to. And I, and I don't like picking this guy, but Ramondre Stevenson, man, just the dude I think people are not really paying attention to. Matt Patricia is gone. You know what I'm saying? Coming in, Bill O'Brien. So we really got an offensive mind. Uh, that's coming in. You know, it's a lot of uncertainty with this team, with this offense, but I think Stevenson is one of the surer bets on this entire team. The draft came and went. Nothing happened there. Haven't bought anybody yet. So, I mean, Damian Harris is gone now. He's a guy. He's a three-down bet. I'm not saying this is like by high territory, but this is a guy you should be looking to acquire, man. I mean, I really think this guy can finish top six at his position. You, you don't think that James Robinson can be as much of a nuisance no. As Damian Harris was? No. Especially because, with it being the Patriots? No. I mean, because can James Robinson catch? Yeah. Does, does he do that better than this guy? I, I don't Is think he does anything that, better and, than and, him. And that's what I'm saying. But remember, James Robinson was the number – what was it? Was it number – I can't remember exactly what it was, but 
But what, That's before he, he injury, finished, though. This is true, but this is year two out of that injury. I so I mean, th- th- I think James Robinson is 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 kind of an un- a undervalued guy as well because he's a patriot. Like he's he's a Bill Belichick type guy. He's a guy that no matter what he does, you'll never really have to pay him, and he can do a little bit of it all, fantasy wise and real world NFL wise. Prior to injury, he showed that he could be. Put it like this: he ended up higher than what Ramondre Stevenson has ended up to date. I, I, I can put it that way. To not look at him as a hindrance in an offense that we know to attempt to split the load when the there isn't as much of a drop-off in talent. Uh, the guy that's the number two running back has actually had a better season than, than the guy we that's haven't, the number one running back. Yeah, but we haven't seen this guy driving the car completely, the number one back that we speak of. This is going to be his first time. But no, but that's what I'm saying. I, I don't think he's going to be driving the car completely now. I think he will. I, I, don't, I don't think James Robinson, I don't think James Robinson is enough of a threat for Ramondre. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. When this guy has been giving carries, he's been highly productive. I mean, I think this guy's closer to uh, uh, Travis Etienne than you think. You know what I mean? That's why I got him back. So however you feel about Travis Etienne, you should feel that way about Ramondre Stevenson as far as uh, your fantasy finish. The Patriots' backfield is so unconventional. Even though we would feel as though he should get all these touches and all these reps, like Zay was saying, like James Robinson is kind of a Patriots guy, and he doesn't have to come off the field. He can pass block relatively well. He can run relatively well and catch. Obviously, Stevenson does it better, but I just, I definitely see, I definitely see it being a great complement to one another. How it shakes up, you know, relative to. A, a Patriots backfield is a little bit different. Like if it's any other backfield, we would know Ramondre gonna get his just due. But because it's the right. Patriots way, I don't know. I mean, you lost Damian Harris. So who who would you have better, Damian Harris or James Robinson? Honestly, I think Robinson and Harris are they're about the same. Of all the guys that we just named, Robinson has finished the highest. Like I mean, I I hear you, but if the proof is in the pudding. Robinson has finished the highest in fantasy but how long and ago, in real world NFL rank two years before he got injured. <laughs> it was his rookie year. Yeah, but he didn't play That's what, not three that long seasons. Ago. I mean, buddy, buddy, only what twenty four, twenty five. Right, but he had a significant, a significant injury, right? But but it's the same injury it's that we've ex- said all these other guys that when they hit year two back from are, are good to go again. So why why are we thinking it's going to be different for him? Oh no, it's an Achilles injury. So I, I feel but, you. But didn't he get injured before Cam Akers? And hasn't he had a better NFL career so far than Cam Akers? But Cam Akers is on the rise. Like I'm, I'm just saying, we got to give. But Cam gotta, Akers is the man, though. That's the difference. Like he's the no guy. no no. I'm just talking about injury wise. I'm just talking about injury. Now now situation. I get you. I'm, but. I'm just saying that if, if the injury is the reason why Robinson can't do his thing, then why would we feel mm. different about it? Nah, he cool. I mean, I don't have no beef with him. I just think that he, he's, he's been moving around for a minute. I mean, for a reason. He's only three years in. He's on three teams. Oh. I mean, to be fair, though, the first team he was on, he ended up being a top three running back. The second team he was on, they, they had people in front of him and he was injured. They had too many running backs to begin with, with the Jets. I, I don't understand why they had so many running backs on the roster to begin with, to be honest. Somebody was going to get cut. He just happened to get injured, so it made the decision a little bit easier. But I will say this. I rarely see Bill Belichick target a younger offensive player that has shown what he has on the field and it not be with a role in mind. Just knowing how this backfield normally goes, what both you and Joe said earlier rings true. If this was any other backfield, I, w- I wouldn't have the reticence about it. And then we still got to figure out who's going to have the James White role. But he, see, that's one thing about Ramondre. Ramondre could be James White. That's just how versatile this guy is. I mean, looking at James Robinson's contract, only 150000 guaranteed. If he don't go out there and do something in the, in the preseason, he's going to get cut. Nah, he won't get cut. With only $150,000 guaranteed? That's why he won't get cut. He's no, more likely that, to cut Ty no, Montgomery. No, that's the reason why to get cut because it's it's nothing. It's not that's not no money. We not invested heavily invested you financially. Didn't I mean can't you can't believe him that much? One hundred fifty thousand guaranteed. You got undrafted free agents getting that. But that's my point. That's From why his, we would keep him. He's not costing us anything. No, We're no. Running. I mean, if you keep him, you got to pay him more. That's why you cut him because the guarantee. If we cut you, this is all we owe you. Got you. Okay. 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 You see what I'm saying he sounded like a two year four million. But only 150000 of that is guaranteed. You see what I'm so, saying? So in other words, we can kick the can on up the road for less than 200000 right. or we're going to owe you $4 million, basically. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I got you. 
I got you. Okay. Who you got, Joe? Who's your, who's your uh, undervalued guy? Can't say undervalued because I talked about him quite a few times, but I'm going to go back <laughs> to Derek Carr, but for a little bit more reasons right now that the schedule come out. So now that the schedule come out, obviously he has the best, uh, well, second best QB strength schedule, and I like his playoffs matches through weeks 13 through 16. He's going to have the Lions. I, I don't know about the Panthers the Giants and Rams, but uh, take it a step further. Like his relationship with Dennis Allen kind of really was sold me to this idea. Like I said, like I said on previous shows, I really think we're going to really see the Pro Bowl form uh, to this West Coast scheme and in, in this offense. And now he has, I mean, he had weapons last year, let's be real. And he did pretty well with what he had for the most part. But now you have Olave, Mike Thomas, Juwan Johnson, A.T. Perry. However that backfield work out, it don't matter who, because you got Kamara, you got uh, Jamal Williams, and you got Miller back there. You know, for the strength of schedule, for, for what we know him to do in these type of offenses, it's not something I'm, I'm hinging my fantasy league on. But for, if I was to say I need some a short quarterback in Dynasty for the next five years, if I wanted to get somebody at value with a good return as far as the strength of schedule and what I, I, I know his floor to be, I think it's Derek Carr, in my personal opinion. Like, he, like I'm not hinging nothing. I'm still going to get the top quarterback. But if I was to follow up success with success, I'm definitely going to get somebody like Derek Carr. I'm not saying he's going to have 5,000 yards. No, but I think it's, it's within the realm that he goes back to 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns. And shoot, he might run a few in by himself. You know, we don't, we just don't know. But I just like the opportunity there with getting somebody who can fill in your roster and you get him at value. But you know, come playoff time, he's going to have those favorable matchups if you need to pivot. I like it. I like it. Next up for me, J.K. Dobbins. A theme that you're kind of hearing is people that are back from injury and they've kind of gotten their sea legs back under them a little bit. J.K. Dobbins, he had major knee surgery. Uh, 2022 was delayed by about three weeks. Uh, but then after coming back, he ended up having to take a couple of more weeks off and get his knee cleaned up and everything. But towards the uh, end of the season, he was kind of showing a glimpse of what he could be, some of the talent that was there. And I think that now having a full off season and being able to have you know a little bit more strength if you will with that knee he's a rb1 waiting to happen the raven although they're changing their offensive strategy if you will they won't be the team that runs the ball the most anymore i believe that there'll still be plenty of carries as far as Dobbins is concerned. Uh, Gus Edwards doesn't really concern me. Um, they did draft a rookie, but barring injury, I don't see J.K. Dobbins giving up any carries other than when he's tired. And that's kind of hard to come by nowadays. So I do believe that he is undervalued and in a day and age where you can't really find very many bell cows i think he's going to be pretty close to that so that's my second guy uh, jk dobbins it's a rookie i've been wanting to talk about um i know we talked about a few you know over shows and things like that um i'm gonna go with jordan addison man. i think this is a guy that you kind of i think I, I really think he's going to be a top five wide receiver too now, Addison, just in case anyone doesn't know, drafted by Minnesota, he is going to be the wide receiver two to Justin Jefferson. Right. Is that also to say that Justin Jefferson is going to take a step back and Cousins is going to take a huge leap? No. I think both of these guys can get a 1,000. If that's the case, then Cousins is taking a leap. Right. Yeah, but Cousins, I mean, Cousins always does well, though. You yeah, know, but, but he is, always has that one guy. If you're saying he's going to have two, well, I mean, he's going to go from in a back end quarterback Well, not necessarily one. because, I mean, I'll put you like this, right? Uh -huh. If you look at Ed Thielen's production. I mean, there's only okay. been four okay. NFL players who have more receiving touchdowns than Thielen over the last three seasons. Right. Okay. So let that sink in, right? That's a lot. That's he's a lot just taking over for Thielen, basically. Okay. I see what you're saying. I think he's I'm taking over for Thielen, but at the same time, he's a better talent. Um, more likely to get yards than touchdowns. Um, Thielen's basically a, right. a, a tight end in the red zone. So, right. I, yeah, okay. I feel you. I feel you know you. what I'm saying? And not only that, with Justin Jefferson, the coverage is about to be on his head. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's going to, he's already, I mean, all, every good wide receiver gets double teamed. We know that. But he's definitely going to see more double teams, a lot more coverage roll his way. I think Addison going to see a lot of a lot of one-on-one -on -one coverages off the gate. He's a superior talent. I mean. What about Hawkinson? Because I could say that he may mess around and end up being the role or the guy that you're speaking to versus yeah. Ben Addison. No, I like I like Hawkinson as well. I think this team is is it's a high powered offense, right? But I think they both can do well. I'm just seeing Ad um Addison as a guy 
is going to take some of that uh, production dealing left over the last couple of years. And with Justin Jefferson's presence, I mean, this dude would never see a double team. This is true. With this guy being uh, the receiver we've seen at Pitt, you know what I'm saying, leading the NCAA in touchdowns, being a Belichnikoff winner at, a, at such a young age. Like, this, this guy... I think he that deal, and let's not forget this is that Rams offense, right? Yeah, the the, uh, the OC there was right. with the Rams with uh, right. McVay. Yeah, very very wide receiver friendly. I just think that um, this guy should be a thousand yard receiver off the gate. I really think he can be. This is an extreme talent to have. Beside another extreme talent in its prime is what I'm saying. So I think this is like this is probably one of the better duos to be honest with you. Sneakily. I think it's a really good sneaky duo team right here. Me, Honestly, I, like I think it's a, a sneaky trio. Well, if you count the tight end, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, because what I'm looking at is, let's say we look at even the Bengals, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if you look at their third wide receiver, I don't like Boyd as much as I like Hawkinson. I'm looking at just the top three pass catchers for teams. I don't know that there are too many teams that have a better top three pass catchers, regardless of what position you name them. And then, hell, they ain't too sloppy on running back either. So, I mean, (laughs) and not to mention the fact that this division is there for the taking. I mean, like, this could be that year. I mean, it really could be. I will maybe say the Eagles probably have a better trio. Um, AJ, AJ, Devontae Smith, and then Dallas Goddard, or who's the the third that you're looking at for them? That's the three you just named them. Goddard, okay. I I don't know if you were looking at a third wide receiver, if you're looking at tight end. No, Uh, yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Can you think of another? How about you think of one with potential? It'll be the Pittsburgh trio, like that. That's like a man that that thing is like uh it's, it's waiting to explode. I mean, it's all about. I don't think they have the quarterback for it. That's it's all on him. But that what thing about is, if I up in Buffalo, if King, if if Kincaid is, you know, they're saying he could be, and they got Diggs, and you know, Gabe can be what he can be. I mean, yeah. you know, it's only a few. I'll put it that way. It's definitely only a few. Yeah. I mean, even in Seattle. I mean, okay, with, with okay, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Actually, that's they three care. wide receivers instead of it being a tight end. But yeah, I right. agree. It's, it's it's a few of them out there. But I, I it's going to be an this exciting guy, year for fantasy, man. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this guy just has it. He's just got to perform. You don't really see this type of talent. Usually, this type of talent is the guy when they arrive, whenever they get drafted at. Usually, when Calvin Johnson's of the worlds and the, you know all these big time receivers that comes they out, they needed them. They are right. the man. This dude right. is going on the team with a guy that's arguably the best receiver in the league. And you don't we'll see never that. see double coverage because ain't no you don't way see about Blit- to trade you, don't, you just don't see Blitnikoff winners going to play with the best receiver in the league. You don't see that. That's kind of like unheard of. You know what I mean? So for that reason, I think this guy has a potential to really, to really blow up. Justin Jefferson, the elite receiver that he is, we've seen it. We've never seen in consecutive years since Calvin Johnson, a wide receiver finished the top wide receiver and receiving back-to-back years. I think the addition of Addison, honestly, is about to be covered too. Because if you don't double Justin Jefferson, then you're leaving this kid Addison wide open. This this is one of those guys which I you just love to see it. He just gets the game. He He's really young, but he gets the whole concepts of setting up uh, DBs, knowing how to stack DBs. Not to, he just does everything at an NFL level, and he did, he was doing it in college. And now, like y'all said, y'all giving him somebody who, respectfully, you would have to give that type of look to as far as the double team. And then don't don't even put him in the slot. And, you know, I think a thousand is just the floor. You know what I mean? I think he's he's way better than Thielen because you have to think, even though Thielen was getting the touchdown, the red zone looks, he wasn't doing nothing until the red zone. This kid is going to have five to six passes a game. Probably before halftime because they going to they can probably get him so involved. And Joe, to piggyback off of you, that's exactly why I believe Alexander Madison, once Cook moves on, if he moves on, is going to be another highly undervalued guy because they're going to basically have to do cover two almost all the time. You're not going to be able to pay attention to the running back with your safeties because of the two wide receivers. What do you do when your linebackers can't handle the one-on-one matchup with the running back? That's going to be a whole nother element that they have in place. So the Viking running back backfield, whomever that may consist of, is another undervalued unit. And I put it that way because I don't know if Cook is going to be there or not. If he is, then he'll be the guy that'll be way undervalued in comparison to where he can end up. If he's not, Madison will be the guy that's way undervalued in comparison to where he can end up.
I'm gonna go to Mark. I'm gonna go with Marquise Brown, right? Again, it's not a name I'm in love with. Again, another one of those players I'm not in love with that's insatiable. Oh my gosh, I gotta have him. We talking about value. Marquise Brown is in a great situation in this offense that he's gonna have the opportunity to still one get a hundred targets again. But I think it's gonna be more convertible because we see even though he had like 107 targets, he only caught 76 of them for 700 and some odd yards, three touchdowns. This again, that's a Kingsbury dumb offense you know i I think now in a system that is going to be more favorable to his skill set that's both him and deandre i think the the sky's the limit again you actually think deandre will still be there and that and that's why i like him that's to your point today right because he just recently went on somebody asked him what kind of team he'll be looking for and he buttered out a lot of quarterback he wanted a quarterback and he wanted a defense top defense we can't say what is where hopkins going to be but that's what makes this kind of foolproof of wanting to get a Marquise Brown. Because you're going to get him, you're going to think he's a wide receiver three anyway. But his upside in the event that they move on from Hopkins, or even just the fact that this is a contract year, they picked up his fifth-year option back in April. This dude got to really show and prove at this point. They got him for one reason, to be a deep threat in this offense, for them to take the top off of the offense. Hopefully be a guy that can take something off of Hopkins, which doesn't matter. He double, triple covered. We already know this guy catches it wherever. I think it's a good year for Brown. I think it's a lower, you know, it's a, again, value. People are going to expect him to be a wide receiver three, borderline two. And it just, you know, you can just build around, you know, if you have like a wide receiver zero strategy or if you're somebody who want to take one of your pieces and then upgrade a position but keep Brown, it's just something that you can you can mull over in conversation. I really think the targets are going to be the same. I think the output is going to be a little bit more different where he's going to convert a lot more of those passes because, again, we're looking at how Cleveland ran it. It was a lot of 12, 13 personnel. So it was it's more it's not five route receivers on the field every play for 70% of the offense. You go into something that's more practical and that can utilize his skill set and get him more involved. We only want him to be a wide receiver three, wide receiver two, and I like the value. My only issue with Hollywood is we don't know when Kyler's going to be back out there or if he's going to be close to 100% when he is out there. And I don't know that I trust Colt McCoy or the rookie uh, Toon Mm-hmm. Um, and there was wasn't there one other guy that they picked up? David Blow. Um, he's a Blow, the guy that was in Detroit. Detroit yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, yeah. I don't know that I I like any of those guys enough, or that the chemistry will be there enough when Kyler gets back. They'll they'll kind of be starting over mid season. This guy gets when they're kind of hoping he'll be back. That's the only thing that scares me. Dynasty wise, if they move on from him, everything that I like about him in this offense may be for not because he may not right. be there anymore. But hey, if you can get him at a value, then you roll the dice on it. But that's the only thing that may make me want to hold off on him, kind of hoping like the first three weeks of the season with Colt McCoy or whomever is not quite as good as as what people were hoping. And then I can get him for next to nothing. You know, just kind of stash him. That's kind of where I met with him. I I wouldn't want to... Exactly. If we're talking about wide receiver three, wide receiver four, or flex or something like that, cool. But I wouldn't want to depend on him with his current quarterback situation. And I agree. And I think one thing that, that's to be desirable, too, is that these kids, these two, two guys played together at Oklahoma. You know, they, they're really familiar with one another. Correct, so yeah. Said, it's just the health in question, like you said. What you got, Vander? Oh, lastly, we're talking about value, man. I'm going to say Mac Jones, quarterback, New England Patriots. They finally got an offensive coordinator in the building. This guy made a Pro Bowl his rookie year, went down last year, even lost his job for a little small part, uh, but now he's back, and he has rubbed a lot of people wrong in the building. I know as far as his bravado, maybe his attitude, his ego, things like that. But with Bill O'Brien, uh, a guy he's familiar with from Alabama, I think his ceiling would be top 10. I think he finished 10. I put him at 10 as far as fantasy. Your lips to God's ears, and I yeah. hope that you're right. <laughs> yeah, I, I think he can't finish 10. I think that could be his ceiling. He's, his arm is not like, wow. You know what I'm saying? It's an it's a, it's a above average NFL arm. His anticipation, his accuracy, his ability to hang in the pocket, see the field. He, he can make some pretty good throws here. Who do you think was the, the beneficiaries of that? Who, who do you think will be his, his best friends out there on the field, if you will? I mean, you have Juju Smith-Schuster. Facts, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? A, a, new, a new toy. I think he'll be a guy, chain mover. And those tight ends. Um, okay. You have Hunter Henry, and then you have the newly acquired uh, is it Mike Jacecki. Yep. I mean, it looks like the old team of old, you know what I'm saying, when Brill O'Brien was there. 
you know, Juju That's is true. the Juju is the the West the, Walker. Correct. You know, the two tight end set. You're gonna see a lot of that twelve personnel. Again, we just spoke about Ramondre Stevenson. You have a running back that can also catch out of the backfield. You know what I mean? So I, I think he has enough solid weapons around him to be successful. And you got Thornton who's supposed to be healthy now. Bourne is there. Parker's there for now. Some I think somebody gotta go at wide receiver. I don't know who though. You got a few wide receivers. There. Yeah, Devontae Parker, he, he may stay. And then you got the new the, the guy, uh, Kayvon Butte, who they drafted. Right. They also and drafted they also Dutch. got – so that's why I say somebody got to go at wide receivers. Some, it's a lot of wide receivers right now. Well, Butte is a guy that he, he needs to get his, his, his head in check because he, he's at the right place to get cut. Okay. You know, I mean, <laughs> he's a talent. You know what I'm saying? People seen it a couple years ago. He's kind of remind me of Stingley. How Stingley was. He came out best corner in the nation and then kind of like went down a little bit. Took his foot off the pedal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that's kind of how Butte is. He didn't perform well at the combine. So his combine numbers was bad. But he's at the right place to get cut. I think again. that's the only reason we were able to get him at a value because it's combine right. numbers. What I've noticed about Bill, he don't give a damn about a combine. He's looking at that college film. Like, like he, he looking to see what you did on the football field. So, so we, we get a Good. lot of our value. I mean, Butte again was supposed to be the next the next big LSU receiver in line. I mean, following the the chase and following Jerry, he's supposed to be that next guy up. Hopefully but, uh, that comes to fruition in the NFL. We'll take his it. Image, you know, he has some immaturity issues, things like that, um, which kind of hurt him last year. And LSU wasn't, you know, that good of a team. But I, I really think Matt Jones, man, with the weapons he have around him, he, he definitely is a value. He's a guy that people don't really see coming. I mean, it's not his fault that he had Patricia calling plays last year. That was just a, a mess. Facts. I think it's just a year too late that he get an OC. Because now you got Miami with Jalen Ramsey and Howard. We know what the Bills going to be returning with. Well, let's not say the Bills, what we know they're going to return it with. But you got the Bills, and now you got the Jets for all intents and purposes. Those divisional games is going to be tough, man. Those are going to be some tough games for him. But I think, to your point, he's But still I think it'll be some high-scoring games as well, though. So... For real world NFL, I think we can lose those games. But for, yeah, fantasy, but for fantasy, I think it'll help. Right. right. I agree. Like having an OC definitely going to help him return back to form, though. He's he's definitely, he like you said, all those things as far as being an anticipatory thrower. You know what I mean? Just not having an OC really messed him up. And people was upset with his, some of, you know, how his maturity at that time. But I'd be ticked off, too, when somebody that coaches defense is, Facts. you know what I mean? My <laughs> life's on the line out here. And y'all got a defensive coordinator who just failed at his last job out here doing this job for the first time and expecting me to be better. I'd be pissed. Too, but you still so can't I, I, just say that. I mean, you you in New England, so you still got to kind of chill out a little bit. Though. <laughs> Joe, did you have a last guy? Again, I'm looking at strength of schedule. Derrick Henry got the third best strength of schedule this year. To your point, and what we've already mentioned on the show, they went ahead and got an offensive lineman. They went ahead and got Dillard. You know what I mean? I think those two are on par with Lawan and the other losses they left. They lost at the offensive line. And you telling me during the playoffs from 13, I went 13 to 17, the Colts, the Dolphins, the Texans, the Seahawks, and then the Texans again, and I'm in the playoffs? Oh, give me that. I, I will take that all day, every day. That That's all I had to say with that value. For anybody that's going to be in redraft or somebody in dynasty, I think just that playoff value. And we know the kind of player he is, even though he had that one injury. You know, I can't say one injury, but, you know, a major injury that he suffered. We know he takes really good care of himself. We know he, you know, even though he's exposed to a lot of hits and everything like that, this guy still gets 30 carries and he still goes well over 100 yards. That strength of schedule was big for me. He had a bruising season last year. And I think having something a little bit easier in a favorable playoff schedule, if I'm in a win now mode, I think Derrick Henry is a good play, redraft or dynasty. I said, I'm, I looked at that playoff schedule and I got excited. It's like the fantasy guods love this dude. Because if you, you're not right. you know what I'm saying? Because if you've been playing fantasy for a while, and if you've been a Derrick Henry owner, it never fails. Like you said, from 13 on through, it's like cupcake. It's like the Texans are always. It's the two, division, but it's, it's but, the division. But they never put those games early. Is what I'm saying, right? It's like yeah, they because you remember a few years the ago they made that change <laughs> where they wanted the um, teams to play against their division at the end of the year. Oh, so okay. he ends up playing against those guys at the end of the year. To your point, every year because they're in his it's division. Crazy, yeah. So, but yeah, in the Jags, you <laughs> he know gets you into the playoffs. He, he because of that stretch yards. every year. Yeah. He always hangs yeah. like 20 yards rushing up on these dudes, man. Like, the Yeti. You're right. Crazy. But but when you but when you recognize things like that, you negate 
things that are a lot less nuanced, such as, well, his age is this, that, or the third, or he's had, you know, X amount of carries. Yeah, that's great. But if you put him up against a cupcake, I don't care who it is. As long as you they can get on the field, they're going to put. Now, here's the thing. The current strength of schedule is based on Houston was. It's based on what a lot of these teams were. I don't think Houston's defense is going to be nearly as feeble as it used to be. So we got to take the strength of schedules in the offseason with a grain of salt because it's based on past results. And the first thing that their new head coach did when he came in was attack that defense and try to get that on point. Things do change year over year, but to your point, that has been a constant. Go ahead, Joe. Yeah, just real quick to, to say something. Like, I agree. I think the Texans going to have a formidable defense. But with Tennessee, they've known for several years now the power of. They're going to run it down your throat the same way all day. Ain't nobody in that division to stop that boy. And the Colts had a great defense just a few years ago before injury, and they couldn't even topple over this guy. I think with Henry, like, it seemed like, the, like he said, like the fantasy guys or just football guys love Derrick Henry because – when he come time to close out a season, it don't matter if you're the top defense. It don't it's matter. Yeti time. Yeti time. Yeah. <laughs> we'll round out the show here. DJ Moore. DJ Moore was wide receiver 33 in our fantasy last year. However, it's a little bit more nuanced than that. He was outside of the 90th among wide receivers as far as catchable targets are concerned, but he still managed to rank 27th in pro football focus receiving grade. He ended up 32nd in yards per route run. He's going to end up being with the best quarterback that he has seen yet to date. And it may just mess around with the moves that Chicago has made. It may just mess around and be one of the best offenses that he's seen in his career. He's steadily been a wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I think that this is the year where he breaks that glass ceiling and becomes a wide receiver one with the change of scenery. He's still going to have the target share. He's still the best guy out there, but he's never been in a better trio of wide receivers. Never had a better quarterback. As far as running back is concerned, obviously he's had Christian McCaffrey out there, but Christian McCaffrey has been hurt in several of the years where he's been able to do his thing. And I think he has a much deeper running back room than he's had with Carolina. And there isn't much of a drop off with any of the three guys that they currently have. I just really seeing this being one of those years for DJ Moore. I can see him being best friends with Justin Fields and ask Chris Olave and Jackson Smith and Jigba and Garrett Wilson how it pays off to be best friends with that guy. That's where I'm at with my last guy. Comments, concerns, emotional outbursts, etc. With DJ Moore to wrap it up. I love it. I got I got rid of him in our dynasty a little too soon. Especially with all the reports leaning towards what fields being night and day. Um, similar to what I was I was saying before about where he would progress going into this season. I think that, I think that's the perfect pairing because I think people forget DJ Moore, he don't just get open. It don't even matter if he open. He done caught it on double teams. He done caught it on triple teams. And we talking about draped over him in the red zone, catching a touch like a bomb. He don't play like – he like uh, McLaurin, but way better, obviously. It just – he plays so much bigger for his size, and he's so heavily underrated. I agree. I think this is exactly what Phil's needed because we even see it in the game. Even though um, he was a little inept and inaccurate for majority of the season, when it came – when he was trying to – when he was throwing lasers – None of these guys was getting open or holding onto the ball. That's all DJ ever wanted was the ball. And you telling me he going to do everything that this team been lacking throughout the years? And to your point, he's going to have Mooney to go back to his original position and then chase Claypool. Oh yeah, DJ DJ about to eat, man. DJ going to have a, have fun out there in Chicago. Uh, I want to see it. I'm hoping Fields make the the leap. You know what I'm saying? And play well, play better. Uh, throwing the ball better. He'll play better than Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield. That's yet to be seen. I mean. The hell it is. He's already played better than them. Who? Who what? Who, who you talking about? To my fields? He's already played better than the best that we've seen out of Sam Darnold and we, Baker we, Mayfield. Yeah, but he hasn't thrown the ball better than these guys. Like, yes, he has. Say, no, he yes, has he, what are you talking about? What you mean when I'm talking about? Fields hasn't thrown the ball well this season. But he's thrown better than Dar- – what What year did Darnold have thrown the ball better than Fields? It, I mean, it's not one of those things where, oh, it's 
if, if you want to call him even, that's cool. But I don't even think it's even. I would probably I, say, I would probably even say Donald throw the ball better than him. When? I'm, I'm just talking you, about stats wise. Yeah, I'm talking about stats wise. Like last year, right? Fields didn't have any 300 yard games, right? He is, I mean, matter of fact, he hasn't had a 300 yard game in two years throwing the football. So that's what I'm saying. Like, he's not a, a extreme passer of the ball. He only had two games last year that was over 200 yards. That's throwing the ball. Is he better than Sam Darnold? No, that's my question. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. I mean, I'm talking about, is he better than Sam Darnold? Yeah, of course. But I'm talking about as far as. That's all I'm saying. Like, yeah, like, but. He has I'm a better quarterback than he's throwing. had today. That's all I'm saying. You're talking about DJ Moore? Yeah. Okay, and I'm, t- I'm not talking about DJ Moore. I'm talking about Fields right now. Like, I want to see it. Like, I want to see Fields do better, and you know what I'm saying? It's not about the better athlete. It's the chemistry as well. Like, Donald has had a good chemistry with DJ Moore now. We can't agree to that. I can agree with that. I can agree yeah. with that. So, so it's not really about, okay, he's the better quarterback. Okay, I, I, that's cool, but chemistry always – Always makes up for that. Sam Darnold has had several 300-yard games, something that Fields hasn't had yet. Matter of fact, Sam Darnold had, had DJ Moore, something that Fields ain't had yet. But even without DJ Moore, you know what I'm saying? I'm just saying, like, I want to see if Fields can translate that Ohio State thing over into the NFL. Because, I mean, him doing all that running around, he's not going to do that this year. You know what I'm saying? Nah, I don't think that's going to continue. So. Not if just, you want to make it through the year. Yeah, I just want to see if he can continue to be better. You know what I'm saying? I like DJ Moore. So it's, it's not a knock on DJ Moore. I just want to see if Fields can get it together. Because think about it. Everybody thought Mooney was going to be that guy last year. And what happened? Yeah, but Mo- Mooney was supposed to be the guy by default because he was the only guy there. We know that DJ Moore has the talent. So which came first, yeah. the, tick, the chicken or the egg? You know, who makes who better? Does the receiver make the quarterback better or does the quarterback make the receiver better? It depends. I know in DJ Moore's situation, he's made every quarterback that he's played with that has been a lackluster quarterback look a lot better than probably what they That's are. That's not true. How is that P- not true? Shit, P.J. Walking worth a damn with him. D.J. Moore didn't have a really good season last year. He was still a wide I mean, receiver three, and he yeah, played but, with like three or four quarterbacks. Yeah, but you right. But the guys that you, you see the games that he had, he had his better games when, when Donald returned. Early in the season, he didn't do anything. You recall? That's fine. But, but, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is Fields is a better quarterback than any of the guys that he played with last year. Like that's that, that's what I'm saying. So that's why I don't. If that's why I disagree was with. Able to make, that's the point. That's the part. Okay. That's the problem I make. I don't think Fields but, throw the ball as well as these guys yet. Yet um, can he? No, yes, he I can surpass them. But I mean, he threw I mean, the he ball just fine. He just ain't nobody to throw to. No, this dude has played two seasons and no 300 yard games and nobody to so throw th- the ball to. <laughs> Let's take a step back, right? Also, we also got to remember this is a guy who was they pretty much put an offense out there to be efficient, to make up for what they didn't have as an entire team. So it wasn't like, oh, I can't throw, but I'm throwing 30 times a game. It's like, oh, okay, this is what all we got around us. Oh, this is the only thing that works, similar to Lamar Jackson, similar to RG3, who in similar situations had to be run first. It wasn't like he was just thrown out there and asked to pass and he didn't show up. No, they built the offense around him to be some type of offense week to week. And he was being successful at running. They haven't had to ask him to pass. And I think this that's the, the changing of the guard this year where they're going to ask him to be more of a passer to y'all point and, and do everything that needs to be done on the field. Not necessarily true because his first year he didn't run that much. He was asked to run. I mean, that was later. And he was, had no wide receivers. He had, that's not true. We can't say Who that. Yeah, he, 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 he had Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson was that, that now. How long? He was doing cardio. He was doing cardio that season. But he, hey, he was on the team. Allen Robinson was doing cardio. He's like, I just want to get out here healthy. I'm just, I'm he, he I'm wasn't just saying. Even, that was something between him and the coaches, though. They they wouldn't even let him throw him the ball. Like, I'm just saying. the last two teams, no, seriously, though, because I don't know what it is, but the last two teams that Allen Robinson's been on, the coach does not even make plays to throw him the ball. And I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Like, like if you look at the stat line, like. Not looking at what mm-hmm. he did with it, but he's not even getting targets. And that was in Chicago and with the Rams. And both teams moved on yeah. from him. So I don't know what the heck happened there. All I know is he has the best wide receiving core that he has had. And he's going to be in a position now that he has a guy that can make him look good as much as he makes the wide receiver look good. I think it'll be a great pairing, I guess is what I'm saying. And that backfield, I think, is underrated as a whole 
now as far as fantasy is concerned, I don't I don't know how it'll flesh out. But Do you think the backfield is better? Better than last year. Um, they're a little bit deeper. I think that what they have with Montgomery, they can get with Foreman. I also think this rookie <laughs> can be formidable. And as long as Herbert stays healthy, he's a great catcher of the ball out of the backfield. So it's likely that they have a little bit more to go to in case of injury as far as running back is concerned. So I think the running game will be about the same. They just have more bodies. They do have a little bit more, uh, a more of a conglomeration of talent because all right. three of the running backs they have right now can catch the ball out of the backfield. Montgomery really wasn't, that wasn't really his strong suit. It wasn't that he couldn't do it, but you didn't want to have to depend on him to do it either. So there's that part. I mean, I got real quick before we go, a guy that we, you know, we haven't really talked about much. I mean, I do like Cole Komet, uh, so as tight ends is concerned. I mean, another year with him, they have seemed to have a really good connection. Um, How you feel about Tanya? No. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely not. Okay. I mean, Cole Komet, another year, they have seemed to really have a, a nice little bond. So with a guy like a DJ Moore, have a little more easier time as well. So I like I like Cole Komet, too. Bro, that's a good shout, too. What I... What I think is is working well for to, to your point is that Cole Komet was he was showing out even when Jimmy Graham was there. I think that was the best comp for him at the time was to Jimmy Graham. I mean Jimmy Graham. And Cole Komet was the like, best wide receiver. <laughs> yeah, you know more or less having these additions at wide receivers and everything. And like you said, Tunyon. I mean, I'm not trying to say Tunyon ain't good no more, but we seen Father Tom, you know, and those in that ACL really take him out of what he was. Cole Komet could be a, a really a top wide receiver, a top tight end this year, low key, and, and type free right now. He's gonna definitely be a focal point in the red zone for sure. I do have one, I'll say, honorable mention, and this is a guy that you can probably, maybe, maybe you guys will agree that you could probably get him with one of your last picks, or you could probably get him with a late round pick if he's not available on the waivers. But Tyler Conklin right now looks like he's gonna be the tight end one. Aaron Rodgers and I just feel like that should have some value and right now he's practically free so I'm not saying that he's going to be every week start but I'm saying that you can get him basically for free and this is a show about undervalued guys so I'm um, Tyler Conklin is a guy that if you want to add a second or third tight end depending on your uh the length of your bench and your situation He's just about free, and he's going to have a pretty good quarterback going into the year. And that's about it for me. You guys got any um, last-second additions? No, I can't really say. I think I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty good, too. I mean, I was just looking at who was left on my list. I, I don't know. What, I, I had tight ends left, but I'm looking at it, too, Unless relative to a value conversation. Unless you have the top guys, the field after that, after, like, the Kelsey, Goddard, those type of guys, the Njoku's and, you know, Chig, it really, you know, Pitt, obviously. Tight end is just one of them things where it's like, or commit, obviously, leaving a commit. But if you don't have, like, one of those first those first tier guys, you really just, the value isn't really value until they're catching a lot of passes. 100%. And that pretty much wraps it up for this week. We'll get back to you next week. We out. <laughs>